0: Welcome to the Fix Your Sciatica podcast, where we meet with experts and clients and discuss how to manage your sciatica and low back pain without the use of medications or surgery. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Mack, and I'm a physical therapist as well as the founder of ifixyoursciatica.com, a go-to resource for pain management. For the past, say, 10 to 15 years, there has been a growing amount of exposure to this concept and tool modality of cold immersion and as it started to rise up with people like Wim Hof and you'll see on Instagram and Facebook of take people taking these cold plunges, cold showers, being in ice baths. A lot of people ask me, is this a good tool for my pain? And oftentimes. The response I provide to them and says it depends because we have to figure out what are the mechanisms of pain that people are going through, and cold immersion is actually just another tool in the toolbox when it comes to treating pain or addressing health in general. And today I have a really great friend of mine. Uh, we've been we've known each other for a couple of years. We haven't really officially talked on a grand scale, so I'm really excited for today. Is Matthew Chenard? Uh, he's up in Canada, but he is. Um, he's been doing cold immersion for a number of years and got to the point where he's able to share his experiences out with the world. So today we have Matt on today's podcast. We're going to talk all about cold immersion therapy, what that is compared to say cryotherapy or even just ice ice exposure and, and how that can actually help with pain, but also how that can actually manage optimal health. So Matt, thanks a lot for being on today's episode. Thanks for having me, Ashley. I'm really pumped to be here. The pleasure is all mine, Matt. Thank you again for your time because I know that you're super busy. You just actually crossed like a whole bunch of followers. I think you're at 28,000 followers on Instagram or something. 29. Sorry if I yeah, missed Yeah, almost it. 30. It's exciting. Almost 30. And so you, you've had some really compelling videos. You've been uh, recording your cold immersion journey for the past, I think it was what, five years, three years? Yeah. So I've
1: been on the journey itself for just over six. So I've been cold exposure for just over
0: six. I've been sharing it for the past three, I believe. Wow. Okay. And so you've been sharing this and Matt, if, if I may, or can I ask you to tell the audience a little bit about yourself and your experience, what kind of brought you to this point of us talking today?
1: Yeah. So born and raised in a small town of Camrose, Alberta in Canada, where it's very chilly. So it's easy to do cold exposure for sure. Um, Grew up playing hockey. I was homeschooled, so we could play hockey, do all these different sports. I was always intrigued with exercise. I would train every single summer. <clears throat> I was when I was 16, I believe I was six foot five and 175, 170 pounds. So every single summer, I ate a bunch of food. I'd work out really hard just to keep putting on muscle. So as I went through this, as I got closer to college, I started to investigate. Hey, personal training. I really enjoy doing it myself. And potentially maybe I could open a gym up gym up one day. So once I retired from hockey, or I guess once I stopped playing because I got so many concussions, um, talking about back stuff, I'm sure that has a little bit to do with some of my back stuff I've dealt with. <clears throat> I then went on to do some trade work, uh, became a personal trainer, then opened up a what is now Greater Purpose Health and Fitness, home of CrossFit Camerals the affiliate with my partner at the time, my founder of that business, started training, um, Got went into the mentorship of Two Brain Business, which I know we're both familiar with, we're both part of, and then started to investigate more so what these practices in the health and fitness industry could do for me. So almost a self-experimentation. Um, initially, early on, I was training probably six days a week, two hours plus a day, definitely overtraining. I was like thinking to myself, I'm going to make it to the CrossFit Games. I'm going to train this much because this is what I see on TV. And if I train this much, this is how I'm going to get there. Uh, long story short, in that, hurt my back really bad. Um, wasn't able to walk for two weeks um, over a five-year period. I got adjusted by a chiropractor that didn't really do a process the process that well my leg went numb and I was coaching people in my facility and I couldn't lift a PVC off the floor without pain or squat without pain. So this started my journey of trying to figure out, okay, there must be different things because I was going to physiotherapists and doctors and trying to look for something to help me with this. And they were giving me these small little exercises that Didn't really equal up to my day-to-day tasks. I knew there had to be a different way of doing things. So then I investigated, went out to New York for an active life seminar, got programmed from them, started implementing something called movement resolution in our gym. Long story short, I'm pain-free. My leg numbness is gone. I can do most of the exercises I could do before. And that would be one experimentation. And then in there would be some cold exposure practice as well, which I can go deeper into
0: man, what a journey to go from someone who was in peak physical condition as a, as a professional hockey player, and then having to retire from that. I mean, I'm sure that that in itself was a, uh, was a big transition. Um, yeah, and I, I should also
1: say, let's call it junior hockey. So I didn't quite make it professional before I got
0: to make concussions. Okay. Yeah. Well, you were trading like a pro, right? Yes. Right. There it is. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and this is one of the things that I really noticed, like, especially when you play a high level sport or compete in a high level sport, when you reach that point where you are unable to practice or compete that specific modality, you have two, two, there's two options. Option number one is like, you just can be a, what we call a couch potato or option number two is you find something else that you're able to dedicate that same amount of energy into. And for you as CrossFit, same thing was for me for uh, with CrossFit once I retired from swimming. Um, and one thing that I actually love that you brought up during that story was this concept of self-experimentation. And it wasn't necessarily, it didn't seem like it was just random experimentation. It was, let me go ahead and find this information that is available And let me try to see who are the best in the industry or who are the ones who have a great track record that can actually help me and you being able to implement it into your life. I really appreciate that. That's good. And the listeners out there, if you're listening to this podcast, you're someone who's actually actually, actively searching for answers. And the fact that you're actively searching for answers... And looking for solutions and trying to understand what you are going through, trying different programs, even though it may seem like a long and arduous process, especially if you found things that might not have necessarily worked, you are worlds farther away from where you originally started, where you were in this pain, and you had no idea. You actually had the opportunity to go out and research on your own, and that actually puts you in a step further Closer to recovery than if you were to have done nothing. So, I want to give you listeners an opportunity to applaud yourself for putting in that effort. So, let's talk about ice exposure and kind of like I think what ends up happening is that people think ice exposure, and we've been saying that a couple of times in this episode, far, when we're only five minutes in, right? And a lot of people think ice, uh, AKA cryotherapy, let me put an ice pack on things and ice exposure. So, can you tell us a little bit more about what ice or cold exposure is um, and and what the major differences are between like that and just slapping an ice pack on a, on a sore joint? Right. Yeah. And I should
1: preface this. I'm not a physician or uh, like I said before, I'm an experimenter of myself and I share my story. So from what I understand, cryotherapy is an extreme, um, extreme modality. To be used. So, I haven't actually tried cryotherapy. So, I can't really talk too much on that, but I've been doing cold showers or cold immersion, like I said, for six years. And believe it or not, it, the cold showers I actually find much harder because you can't create that thermal layer, right? So, when you're in the cold tub, once you sit still for a little while and you get past that first wall, you create this thermal layer around you. And people have been commenting on my posts. So I am aware of that. And the next step up is actually to move your arms back and forth. But I think it would be really hard to sit in cold expo- or in cold water and move my arms and try to talk at the same time. So that's my excuse for that. But yes, that's why rivers are so difficult, cold showers. Um, so there's two types of cold exposure that most people would use. And then you can add some layers onto that. And then also, some people actually dip their head under because it stimulates the vagus nerve and also breathe through a straw to stay under there for a longer time. I have not yet experimented with that because again, I couldn't really talk to the video, but looking to lean more into that and experiment there and the difference between just applying to the joint. And I'm sure you could actually talk more into this as you're bringing, I guess, that area inflammation down. And then the cold immersion will be more systemic if I'm correct.
0: We are going to take a quick break to tell you about our awesome new program called the Sciatica Protocol. If you don't have the time to see a professional, but are tired of trying to figure out this recovery on your own, then the Sciatica Protocol is for you. Harness the power of a knowledgeable physical therapist through your phone. It takes no more than seven minutes per day and it is designed to help you recover as quickly as possible. It is simple to start and all you need to do is log into ifixyoursciatica.com forward slash the dash sciatica dash protocol and fill out the nine question quiz to begin. The link for the program is in today's show notes. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I, um, you cover some really interesting topics or like the application of ice baths, like in, in your Instagram videos and. I think one of the really cool things and we were talking about before we were recording about how some people were like, Oh, the science doesn't really support X, Y, and Z. And uh, to, to Matt's point, there's, I mean, there's different ways that you can apply ice or cone modalities. So we were talking about ice baths, um, cold showers, uh, ice packs. And so when we're dealing with ice packs, we're looking at localized cryotherapy and, What we're doing is, in in essence, you take a cold pack, you take a frozen bag of peas, and you put it on a joint or put it on an area that, in the past, it was often thought as that painful area was inflamed. There was a lot of swelling, a lot of inflammation. And the thought was the fact that if you reduce inflammation, you're going to experience less pain. So, in theory, yes, because... When you have inflammation, you have swelling and it's actually the swelling of whatever tissue is actually re- eliciting the painful response. So original thought, you apply ice, you reduce the, the swelling itself. So that's on a localized, t- uh, localized standpoint. For the most part, when it comes to putting an ice pack on a swell, on a swollen joint, the depth of penetration, as in how far that, that ice or that coldness goes, will really depend on the length of exposure, the temperature of the ice pack, but also the amount of pressure that you apply to that as well. And so when it comes to localized icing, you're going to see products like the Game Ready, which is uh which is a compression sleeve with ice or with ice water which applies both the ice and compression which should in fact in theory reduce inflammation. Um you bring up a really great point about the systemic aspect. So listeners, the systemic aspect really refers to the entire body versus one specific location. And so let's talk about some of the um let's talk about you personally as sure. to why these why you do these ice baths and 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 how it actually affects you and then we'll talk a little bit more about the science after that.
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot of a lot of reasons I do it so about yeah 6 years ago there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in my life we just moved into our first house together as a couple um my wife and I Jalisa, and my mom just got lung cancer she went to, through two major surgeries that summer we just moved into a bigger facility at the gym i was working this is prior to having a mentor so i was working all the hours in the gym trying to do everything at once and then i started to on the way back from a holiday weekend, I started to get a hive on my neck. And then usually I, I sometimes get highs and they go away, but it didn't go away and it got worse and worse and worse. And when it was at its worst, I was having chest pain, had to go to the emergency a bunch of times. Um, I don't know if it was the histamines or whatever else it was, but, and then I couldn't work out either. So this was another layer on top of my back right? So I had the stress of that back already. That was already a load on my system. And this other layer would have been this. So every time I worked out, the bar would touch me and it would cause a reaction. So it was like hot, itchy hives all over my body, went to the doctor. They said, yep, they'll probably just have this forever. That's basically the sentiment I got from him. It gave me strong steroids to take, didn't touch it. So again, I'm used to researching things and starting to come up with this idea in my head or this knowledge that there are different ways than are on the surface. You just have to search a little bit. So just like with my back, my chiropractor said I should quit working out and just become a long distance runner, which if you know me, I am <laughs> farthest thing from wanting to do that, which means maybe I should do that. So the same thing with this. I was like, well, the doctor told me it's not possible. So I'm going to figure it away. So I started doing elimination diet. Um, just taking everything out started doing some sauna, which didn't make it better. The sweat made it worse. And then I started reading up on cold exposure. And I think this is the time where I started to read into Wim Hof. And if anyone doesn't know, if you want to learn more about the science and more about how this works, follow him. He's got a bunch of amazing stories of autoimmune conditions, pain, um, depression, so many things that have been tied to this. So I started experimenting with myself. And I think it was a combination of my cold exposure practice, changing my diet, getting rid of some um, different parts of the food, which I'm trying to think of preservatives. I think that was a big part for me and working out less at the time was important for me and trying to relax and take some time off. All this combined helped me get rid of my condition, right? So That's the one post that went viral is I posted that. I posted that story. I think a lot of people attach to that because they want a solution for their problem. And I'm not here to say that cold exposure is that necessary solution because I don't know the whole story. But for me, it was a piece of the puzzle. So that was the initial reason, one of them. The other reason was when I was playing hockey growing up, I was afraid of making mistakes. So, I was, it held back, it held me back how far I could go because I was afraid I was playing it safe. I was a good hockey player, but I didn't take risks. So, I committed to doing this because it was painful, got me out of my comfort zone. And I said, I'm going to do this every single day. I'm going to start public speaking more. I'm going to go on more podcasts. I'm going to start talking from the camera more. So, the combination of ice baths and cold exposure was actually my way selfishly. To get out of my comfort zone and not let this control me anymore. So it took me a long time, but now I'm comfortable. I love doing podcasts where before I'll get really anxious and nervous about it, but now I'm pumped up about it. And it's helped me handle a lot of resilience or create a lot of resiliency mentally, especially through the pandemic as a business owner, right? You're able to handle, you're able to separate yourself from the external stress and your response by creating a gap. That's what happens when I step into cold exposure, right? your body wants to react, you control that reaction with your breath and your mind, and then you can dictate your action based on that. So that's one of the most beneficial things I've found from cold
0: exposure. Very cool. Two very strong, I guess, like I categorize in two very different pieces. We have uh, to deal with the stresses that you've encountered, but also for it to act as a stress which would then make you easier to deal with the other life stresses that happen in our life. Um, One of them, I think the there's a lot, there are a lot of differences between human beings and animals. And I've said this a lot in another podcast, but another interesting difference that I've just observed right now, or just came to mind is the concept of us humans. We will actually, we will actively seek out discomfort and stress so we can actually overcome the discomfort and stress and the other aspects and what's really cool with this cold exposure is that you're applying a stress uh in isolation from everything else like you're and that's one of the greatest things about any sort of physical stressors if you're exercising if you are focusing on meditation, uh, any or, or meditation would be really more like stress management, but people can find that stressful just trying to sit there and meditate. And even this cold exposure, you're focusing on one specific factor. And it's really us, it's, it's us humans who choose to go put ourselves in these positions, but it's also very much up to us to decide how we can actually respond to that. And in a way, it helps us. And you let me know if you agree. It helps us actually uh, be a little bit more uh, in tune with the the stoic stoicism philosophy, where it's like we can't control everything that ha- anything that happens around us. The thing that we can really control is actually how we deal with those scenarios and the stresses that get placed upon us.
1: I hundred percent agree. <clears throat> so I like the idea of put yourself in purposeful cold, or purposeful stressful situations so that you can then better handle the unknown stressful situations or discomfort. So if we look at the pandemic as a gym owner, that's like two years on, in Canada for us of chronic stress, chronic taking stuff away, decisions to make, and to be able to observe that, take it in, grieve it if I need to, talk with people, and tell them I'm frustrated, but then only let that last for a little while, right? that Feel that pain, feel that discomfort, feel that stress, but then choose how you're going to act on that because it's not usually the external circumstances that dictate the outcome. It's our reaction to those external circumstances that will. So it's not that everyone that gets into cold exposure is going to react the same way, right? It's it's how they are able to handle that stress if they put themselves in that cold or that stressful situation or that uncomfortable situation before. So anytime I step into the cold plunge tub at my house, I, I know this is going to help me in every other area of my life, right? And I know it has. I know it tells, has helped me create distance from my the stressor and my response. It helps me create better decisions so I think a lot of the bad decisions we make in life happens out of a quick reaction where we don't have time to sit and think on it and then take the appropriate action from there.
0: Right on. Yeah. And so taking this on how you deal, how you, yeah, it's how you react to things and it's being able to change that, which, you, which is very important. So let's, let's nerd out a little bit and let's talk a little bit about the science. And then after that, we'll talk a little bit about how that, how that can actually be applied to uh, to pain itself. Um, before this episode, before we started recording, I did a little bit of research on myself because I remember I was exposed to Wim Hof and the Wim Hof method, uh, about eight years ago. And me being the skeptical scientist myself with my schooling and everything like that, I'm also a huge fan of experimentation, but also trying to, I'm always walking on that line is, is this just voodoo magic? Or is there some true scientific exper- uh, experience, or some sort of scientific backing behind it? And um, so, listeners out there, if you ever want to see the effectiveness or see the scientific research for anything, you can actually type in whatever term you're looking at. So, what I did was I searched Wim Hof, and which is spelled W I M space H O F, and then you type in NCBI, which I forgot what the abbreviation is, but it will actually show all the various different journals, scientific journals that actually cover these specific topics. And so leading up to this episode, I was like, okay, well, what, well, what is what is going on? And what's really interesting is that there are a couple of different sign, a couple of different mechanisms that happen within the body with cold exposure. And it's all going to be based on uh, how long you're exposed to the temperature, but then also how you... Actually, respond. That's a big thing because if you were to just put yourself in cold water, and I'm sure that some of you are thinking, "Man, cold showers," you're already starting to get goosebumps. You're eliciting a stress response. Your heart rate's probably getting up pretty high. One of the really interesting things was when uh, Wim Hof and people like Matt and myself, when we do these cold um, cold exposures, cold plunges, you go in. And instead of having, and you're probably thinking, I'm just hyperventilating it right now, just thinking about it, but you might start to hyperventilate. Your heart rate's going to be elevated. Your body's releasing all these hormones, which are going to facilitate that fight or flight. And one of the things that I found to be most intriguing about the Wim Hof method and cold punching, and one of the things that I find to be really beneficial is this aspect of you're in this high stress environment, again, in isolation, but it actually allows you the the user to tap into what we call the sympathetic nervous system, more so the parasympathetic nervous system. It allows you to reduce inflammation because when you're in the fight or flight mode, you're constantly pumping out hormones to get yourself ready to fight or run away. And that's where we're going to get a little bit more of that chronic inflammation. The parasympathetic is the other end of the spectrum. We call it our rest digest system. And so if you can voluntarily Happen to that system, you're going to start to notice a significant reduction in inflammation. In this one article, which I'm going to put in the show notes, it was talking about, let's see, um, healthy volunteers practicing the learned techniques exhibited profound increased increases in the release of epinephrine, which gets your heart rate up, but which in turn led to increased production of anti-inflammatory mediators and subsequent dampening of the prolif- pro-inflammatory cytokine response elicited by um by uh oh well they said they uh, in this study actually interesting enough they uh they injected wim hof with a toxin and they saw how if he was able to actually protect himself but really a large part is being able to put yourself into this protective mode but not protective i'm gonna fight or run away it's I'm going to protect, I'm going to reduce inflammation. I'm going to restore and reduce that sensitivity. And again, in the presence of the most amount of stress, um, you are able to tap into that system. And that's where I found to be the the most valuable. Sorry, I just said a lot right there, Matt, but do you have anything to follow up from there? Yeah, I think the study
1: you're talking about, endotoxin, right? That's what they yeah, injected endotox- with. Yeah, yeah.
0: So he did it on
1: him individually because they, same thing, they're like, this. this can't be real. This can't work. So they did that and he was able to fight it off. And this endotoxin basically causes the same thing as if I'm correct, like E. coli, right? Like you get really sick. yeah So, and they had a controlled study in there too. They had people who didn't do this. So they got really sick. So, okay, well this, uh, maybe this is just my happenstance. So they, he brought a crew in, I think he's done this a few times and he did his methods, his cold exposures breathing. His mindset work for a week and they were able to do the same thing. Like so proving the science behind it and proving that he's not just a one-off type person, right? And I can attest to that. And people they keep asking me, Well, how do you respond in the way that you have? Just a lot of time, a lot of time in that. And I'm able to get into that recovery state quickly. And there's an interesting something I noticed with this. So I've only been sick once in the past three years, and that was with COVID um, Delta. So the (laughs) the morning I went out to do my cold exposure session, I I wasn't sick yet, but I thought to myself, this doesn't feel right. Like something feels off. I wasn't able to handle the stress as I could before. And sure enough, the next day I tested positive. So it shows you how It gives you more awareness of what your body's feeling internally, right? So I'm really aware of when I didn't sleep good, I can feel it in the cold exposure. If I'm stressed out all these different things, but then I have this tool because of my daily practice to help myself get back into that parasympathetic state, right? I'm able to relax quickly. I'm able to do some breathing or even just think differently to relax, which I think is really cool. And there's a lot of other ones, but I'm happy to jam on that a little bit too.
0: Yeah. Well, um, yeah, we're going to take a deep dive into that um, shortly, Which, um, but I love the fact that you said it actually allowed you to be more in tune with yourself. You were able to see something doesn't feel right. It's so easy for us um, as, as humans, we live in a busy world nowadays where it's so easy for us to actually ignore a lot of these cues that our bodies are telling us that we either need to rest or that there is something wrong. And that in itself is very protective. And let's talk about pain in itself because pain itself is, and, and I've said this in a couple of podcasts before before today, but uh, pain is, is a protective mechanism. It's something that actually keeps us alive. It's kind of like a risk management type of scenario in regards to making sure we are not injuring ourselves. Not to say that Living in the absence of pain is good either. Again, if we live, if we uh, pain is a protective mechanism. So if we live in the absence of pain, our judgment is going to be poor, which then actually puts us at risk of doing more dangerous activities. When you do this in isolation, when you're having pain, your body is saying, "I, I need to make a change. I need to protect myself. So when we're in protective mode, we are already tapping into that sympathetic nervous system, that fight or flight. Our muscles are going to be tense. We're uh, we're secreting inflammatory hormones. We're becoming even more sensitive to our pain to make sure we don't make that pain worse. And in some cases, that's it's a very, in many cases, it's very important. But then once we get past the healing stage, and again, listeners. The average tissue takes around 12 weeks to fully heal. So if you've been experiencing pain for more than 12 weeks, we're beyond all the inflammation. There might still be a little bit of inflammation, but your body, your mind, your entire nervous system is on high guard. And so when we do something possibly even like cold exposure with this deep breathing, and we're going to talk about some of the ways to like get gently into something like this. But when you're doing this cold exposure under control and you are able to tap into that parasympathetic nervous system state, it allows you to actually reduce the sensitivity of that pain. Not because the pain is any less intense, but it makes you, your mind, a little less receptive to those signals. And as a result, the intensity might go down. Um, yeah. So um, so from there, right? Let's talk about... Um, it's like okay, there there's ice packs. That's like kind of like cryotherapy, localized. And then we have ice baths, um, ice plunges. People are like, okay, well, this seems like it could be helpful. Um, now, jumping into a cold river, it's a very that's like a level one hundred, um, right. right? So, what are some gentle ways that people can implement cold exposure so they can eventually develop into a point where they can turn into a practice? Like, what what what's your greatest experience?
1: Yeah. And I've been getting this question a lot, so I appreciate it. I would say, start with a cold shower. And people say, well, do I start warm, go cold? You can really do whatever you want, right? So you're just starting out. It's better to do one squat today, two squats, air squats tomorrow, than three squats. Don't worry about going to 100 air squats and then not be able to do it for two weeks after that, right? Same idea with this is start your shower, use shampoo, whatever else you do, and then switch it to cold and do one breath. That's it for the first day. Next day, so you can get two breaths next day, three breaths. And then maybe with time, you can just do a cold shower without warm, the warm water. And one tool you can use in there is focus on your breathing, focus on the length of your exhale, right? So long exhale. When you do this, you're telling your body it's okay, right? So, the breath is the connecting point between what the brain knows and what the body doesn't. And that's kind of the way I was explained it, right? Like, so I don't know when I'm stepping into the cold plunge, if I'm being chased by a bear, my body doesn't know if I'm being chased by a bear or if I'm in a cold exposure session. My mind knows. So I force my body to react the way it should by slowing down my breathing. Same thing in the cold shower. It's hard. It's really hard, but if you watch people doing cold exposure for the first time and they're in a controlled setting outside, you'll usually see someone beside them telling them to slow down their breathing, like slow it down, relax the breathing. So those are the two biggest ways to start your cold exposure journey. And then from there, Hey, maybe get a cold plunge pool in the back. There's no limit to how many cold exposure tubs you can get now. Like There's so many right from ten dollars or let's say a hundred dollars to twenty
0: thousand, I think. So
1: the resources are there.
0: Yeah, it's uh it's really great because yeah, there's so so many options and so much availability to it. I know for me, my my practice of cold exposure. Um I, I live out here in the the great sunny state, although this time of year it's very rainy right now uh, of California. And uh so it gets a a frigid 42 degrees out here on its coldest day. Um, but what that means is also like all the reservoirs are a little bit on the chillier side too. And uh, we are just coming out of a major drought. And so trying to do long plunges or having like recycled water, I don't have space for that, but because it's the the wintertime right now, I actually step into the shower, turn on the water and the first actual like 45 seconds to 90 seconds is ice water. And so I go in, I do my breaths, and I keep going until the water turns warm and I was like, "Okay, great, that's my exposure for the day." Um but one day, that's going to be my goal is to have a nice plunge tub. And uh I think um let me know if I saw this correctly, Matt, but I think the magic number is like 11 minutes over the span of a week, right? Yep. Yep, total time and Dr. Somburg, I
1: believe that's her name. She's on Instagram. I've been sending a lot of people to her cuz she's got a lot of- cool studies on this. That's what she's studying predominantly that and saunas um, is 11 minutes total per week to get the benefits of that. And some of the benefits I have some listed out here, boosts immune system, increased brown adipose tissue, which helps you increase metabolism, improve sleep quality, increases your dopamine by 250% for a prolonged period with serotonin, which helps you boost your mood, right? That's why everyone's so jacked up once they get out of this tub. Um, and then another thing to add on is finish on cold. So what this does is it causes your body to have to heat itself up, right? Which is a really great way to increase metabolism, um, burn fat and create that more brown fat, which we, I think we when we're infants, we start with a lot of this, but then slowly disappears over time.
0: Yeah. And this is great, like to be able to replace the brown fat and improving metabolism as well. I know a lot of people when they do get hurt and they are experiencing sciatica pain, one of the first things that they're thinking is, man, I can't exercise and exercise and working out and moving is probably one of the best things for you. And it becomes increasingly challenging as we get older because we, we, we have to hold on to more and more responsibilities, which then confines us to a chair or a desk. But being able to move allows us to, to keep moving. And so if we're looking at improved metabolism, you actually have the opportunity to have your body kind of work without actually having to do much movement. And if you're experiencing a, a ton of pain, so much pain where you can't exercise, this is another way to kind of get things going um, on top of all the other benefits, which is like the improved breathing and all that other stuff. So I, I love that. I, I, I love that you know, five, six years ago, there was a little bit of research, but now with the age of information, people are not, not only contributing their experiences, but now they're conducting studies on the the benefits of it. And um, yeah, it's always really thrilling. Um, I think one of the big, okay, so actually step number one is starting off with, with the cold shower, maybe one breath. Um, any other, any other like key beginner tips that people should consider uh, when doing cold immersion?
1: Yeah, you can prep. Um, you can do some movement beforehand. You can do Wim Hof's breathing exercises, which helps you handle the stress better. Don't do the exercises in the cold plunge. Like that's a warning. Cause you can get lightheaded. Yeah. Um, so that's another tip for beginners out there and focus on being consistent over perfect. Right. So I do mine every single day, but I worked my way up to that right? It's a part of what I call my automatic deposit system. So I look at anything. So I have this fit five flywheel. I use mental, physical, spiritual, racial, professional, anything in those categories of my life with my time, energy, and money are considered a deposit, and I can have stacked deposits. So when I do cold exposure, it's actually a stacked deposit for me. I'm getting physical benefits. For me, it's a spiritual benefit. It's a mental benefit and if you have a bunch of people around you and you're sitting in cold plunge it's a relational one too and it's the ultimate stack deposit because i do videos with it so it's a professional deposit too right so thinking of it that way is saying i'm going to make this deposit today i don't have to make it every single day but i'm going to make that investment into this system of my life because you're a lot going to get a lot further with any health and fitness practice by being consistent over perfect. That's how you get the results. And that's what happened with my back, right? It wasn't that I needed the perfect program. Yes, I want the perfect program, but it's more so can I adhere to a program that's going to take time, that's going to get me there. So just be
0: consistent with one thing. Being consistent and taking action is definitely huge. We live in the world of information. And so the challenge is that, We don't, the the world, we don't have an information issue. We have an action and consistency issue. And that's why it's so important that we have to look into activities, tools, things that will for sure be effective, but the, the most part, the things that are gonna be the best for us are activities that we actually have to do. And this actually is beneficial in a couple of different ways. One, if you are doing these actions that make you feel better, it actually provides you a very high level of independence. It makes it so that you don't have to rely on another person. Professionals like myself and Matt and healthcare professionals, we're there to help you and guide you. But ultimately, whatever we provide for you, it has to be done by you. So that's one. It allows you to become more independent. But then also two, it allows you to really control. The more independent you become, the more in control of anything that you're gonna you're gonna have. Being able to deal with the stresses that you have from whether it be a busy day at work or you're trying to t- take care uh, of your family at home, being able to know that you can control how you feel and control how you react to scenarios is actually going to allow you to get that sense of control and power and that control and power over your health is going to be paramount to your success and to your recovery. Um, Matt, you briefly talked about your, your five pillars. So I think, you know, we, we talked a lot about ice baths, but it's not just, it's not just like the only thing that you do, right? Like you have, you have a lot of really great experience from firsthand and be able to see it, but, um, you, you also help a lot of people in a very special way. So tell us a little bit more about what you do, um, and how you help people and what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch if they want to hear more. Yeah. So,
1: like I said, I own a Gym, greater purpose, health, and fitness, home across the cameras. And there, we want to help people become holistically healthy and fit through community, culture, and coaching. And holistically means mental, physical, spiritual, relational, and professional, right? Like to, f- to have them be thriving in all these areas. And how we do that is through mindset, fitness, and nutrition coaching. And the biggest part of that is the coaching aspect. So that's how we help people with our gym right? It's more than just fitness. It has to be more than just fitness. It's not just about exercising. There's so much more that goes into someone being healthy and fit. So if you research listeners, blue zones of the world, there's these places in the world where people live to be over hundred so centenarians, and they're starting to tie back to why that is. They have these pillars. I think they have nine pillars. So that's what I'm basing our gym off of. And my, my lifestyle off of is being consistent in all these areas, uh, and then I also have uh, a coaching program called the True Alpha Program, which I help people become resilient, disciplined, and consistent leaders, both professionally and relationally, so they can make a positive impact day to day life and leave a lasting legacy. Because so I think that's like yourself—you're leaving positive impact, you're leaving a legacy, you're helping people get out of pain, helping lessen the confusion around this, right? So people can actually get out of pain. So that's what I want to help people with too. So those would be the big two areas. You can see where I'm able to help. And then you can reach me on Instagram. Uh, that would be the place I'm definitely most active now. And I have to be, which is I'm very grateful for.
0: Awesome. Uh, listeners, Matt's contact information, all his information will actually be found in today's show notes. So if you didn't get that, check out the show notes and get in touch with this very awesome gentleman. Matt, this was great, man. Um, Definitely really eye-opening. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences uh, with with Cold Immersion. And uh, it gets me super excited um, for what the future has for you. It also gets me excited for the listeners because they have another tool that can actually help them uh, if done correctly. So thank you so much, Matt. Uh, It's great seeing you. Thanks, Ashley. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at ifixyoursciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain-free day. No patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider.